0: from Sports Radio 92.7,
1: WFNZ. The exclusive home of the Charlotte sports fan. This
0: is Instant Replay on Sports Radio 92.7, WFNZ. Featuring the best of the best from today's conversations. Observations and ruminations. Because great radio is still fresh the second time around. Earlier today on the Mac and Bone Show.
2: We're getting to the point here. Hornets draft is over. We'll be covering Hornets free agency. Obviously, there's a lot of questions there. But other than that, it's, it's, it's about go time for the football talk. It's, it's, you know, Phil Steele's coming out, I think, next week. I mean, it's about time to start getting into college football. And obviously, the Panthers is a year-round thing. But um, let's have this conversation about quarterbacks. Now, I did mess up. I did say, uh, led you to believe, Bone, that it was the PFF list. PFF did the rankings of the ACC team. Yes, yes. That could very well be tomorrow's conversation. It took but 15 right. minutes to find Max and that he saw. I saw this last night. This is our guy, Mike Farrell, godfather recruiting, and also a uh, a site called NCAA, uh, uh, NCAA F Nation 247, all right? This is uh, dueling... List of ACC quarterbacks, but I think there's some good conversations to have about who we expect to be the best quarterbacks in the ACC. Let's start at the tippity top. Drake May, both of them have Drake May 1, Jordan Travis 2. I don't think there's much of an argument there. I mean, I think both these guys are going to be studs this year. And we talked about this earlier. Jordan Travis has the better team. I'm not denying that, but I just think Drake May's the better football player.
3: I think both guys, though, you could see throughout the season. uh, I I agree with the list, but you could see based off of how good we think Florida State can be. Jordan Travis, I think, is really going to push Drake May for that ACC Player of the Year award, though. I think that's going to be, well, I think that he's going to be that good. I think Dre May might be the better quarterback right now, but I think Jordan Travis is really going to have a chance to win the player of the year. award. I think a promise.
2: big part of that is Travis having more help. Yes. You know what I mean? Just having a better roster around him on both sides of the ball. But I think that's a good, you know, I don't think there's too much argument there. And if there's anything y'all want to argue with about these lists or anything you hear us say, don't be afraid to argue. I know I don't have to tell the text line that. Uh, all right. So then we get into the area where I think it gets, can- it's real interesting. Uh, on uh, the the NCAA Football Nation twenty four seven side, they say quarterback three. Matter of fact, they both have three and four the same. Mike Farrell and and, and uh, uh, NFL Nation two four seven. They have Leonard and Klubnik three and four. Riley Leonard of Duke three. Cade Clubnick 4 spot on you you think that's the right way 100% 100% because here's the thing
4: we you're sitting here right now could Clubnick be the better quarterback eventually oh it's certainly possible but look at what Riley Leonard did last year at Duke I think that's all you really need to say this this dude's this dude's the real deal to me freak athlete I mean he was this <laughs> he was what was he the was he the third-best quarterback last year in the ACC? He might have been number two at certain points.
3: Here's the thing he about him. He was damn good, Here's man. the thing about him. He had 20 touchdowns, six picks last year in a transition year from Cutcliffe to Elko. But it's not just Leonard back. And I said this last week. He brings back two suits, two senior wide receivers, a junior wide out, a senior tight end. Both running backs are seniors. And, oh, by the way, the left tackle is being considered as maybe the best, one if not one of the one or two best offensive linemen in the sport, in the sport, Graham Barton. So it's not just Leonard coming back. He's got everything that he needs offensively to work with back for him.
2: I don't it's have all a, there for him, man, to I have a have monster a, year. Listen, I think Riley Leonard's a great quarterback. I think he, well, I used to think he was underrated. If folks are going to start putting him number three ACC, maybe he's not underrated. I do think Kate Klubnik is going to play damn good, too. That running game he has is going to make things easy. And I'm telling you, I think Garrett Riley's an offensive genius. He is. I think he's one of the greatest offensive minds in the game. The question with Klubnik is, I know he had a couple of picks in the spring game. I know, you know, there's been talk behind the scenes about how good he really is. Uh, the receivers, he's, I don't think, so those guys have to step up. I don't think he is getting the old school vintage type receivers that Watson had and Lawrence had. Even Taj Boyd. Yeah, even Taj. Even tosh, tosh, you even go back tosh. to those times. So tosh. do you, you're down on Club Nick Flown, and Clemson fans got mad at you. Well, I'm down, like, I'm you, down. You, you put him at on number Club four, Nick. though.
0: I uh, yeah, I, I, I would, yeah, I would say I, yeah.
2: I could see that either way, Klumnik and Riley, 3 and 4.
4: Yeah, I would say uh I would say he's he's probably
2: 4. Um
4: I mean, I think he's probably pretty close to Riley Leonard, but I also don't think that the gap between him and this next group of quarterbacks is really that big either. This is where
2: it gets uh, this, this is where, is where it gets the, interesting. Great, the
3: great unknown surface Here. The great mm.
2: divide starts to happen too on NCAA Nation and Farrell, Mike Farrell's lists. NCAA Nation has Brendan Armstrong from NC State fifth, Van Dyke from Miami sixth, and then Jerkovic, who transferred to Pitt, seventh. Mike Farrell has Djurkovic fifth, Armstrong sixth, and Van Dyke seventh. I think Brendan Armstrong's the guy. I think he's about ready to have a renaissance. I think he's about ready to revert back to close to his form a couple years ago. I think. The new coaching staff, Tony Elliott, and that system, and he lost some weapons. I think Brennan Armstrong's fall last year, Bone, was a product of his environment, and it is not an indicator of how he's going to play. I think – and I know some – even some state fans are saying, I want more start of Armstrong. I think Armstrong is the veteran guy – I think he's going to ball out for state, man. I, I would put him in this fifth spot. I think fifth is probably right because again, the other guys are unknown too. Flounder,
3: Jercovic, the transfer from BC to Pittsburgh. I know in the PFF team rankings, Can't sleep on him, Pittsburgh man. was third, but I will say this, Flounder and you can you, maybe you have a great answer. Yeah, why are people so high on Pittsburgh when they bring back five starters? on offense and five on defense. I know that they've they've got to replace some things. What what is just, it about just Pittsburgh steady that people have like? been? Just it, the
4: program? It's how steady they've been, the way that they've built the the, the team in the trenches. Yeah, it just always, seems they always find they always guys find there.
2: D-linemen, man. That's amazing. But
4: they do have a lot to replace. They do. So yeah, I mean I I would I would tend to agree with Mike Farrell though. I think if you when I've watched both guys play at when they're when they're healthy I think that Dracovic is the best quarterback of that group. Djokovic I think, didn't have a season like Armstrong had two years he ago. Also, that he also played at elite. BC. So let's not act like BC is but a Virginia, full
2: I mean, Virginia's not viewed as some you know, offensive juggernaut. I mean, look at that, look at that, that receiving core that
4: he had. There. I, I get it. But the other thing is, it's
2: hard for me to... For, like,
4: we're talking about Brennan Armstrong, like, a tremendous year, two years ago. This past year was... Awful. I mean, really bad. Like, do we expect him to all to just completely he, turn it around? I get it. I think with the Nye, he, he'll be back to being a good quarterback. But putting up those types
2: of numbers. I'm, if that, he puts up I those types of numbers, though, he's probably number three in the ACC. Oh, uh, like no, there's sort of no season. question. So I'm not saying he's going to have that sort of season, but I think he should be right after that group of Clubnick and Riley Leonard. I think he has the ability to be that good. Obviously, State needs their group of pass catchers to step up. The run game needs to I think improve their estate as well. But they're gonna have a defense that's gonna back him too. I think maybe not numbers wise like two years ago, but I think people will view him bone as a pretty damn good quarterback again at state.
3: One guy I think can move up this list, maybe not he might not be on the radar now, but as we get into the season, Mitch Griffiths from Wake Forest because of the system that they're in, And also, he's going to have a chance, Matt, to get comfortable replacing Sam Hartman. Wake plays Elon, Vanderbilt, ODU, and Georgia Tech in September. So you could see his numbers in that offense are gonna be are gonna be pretty good. Then they play at Clemson and we'll see then. But he's gonna be better I than feel people like, think. Man. I feel people like, are
2: sleeping on him. That offense is a machine. I think he's gonna
3: put up numbers. He will now, what does that he's, mean for wins? We'll see, but I think he's gonna get off to a good start based on I who agree. He plays. I think with.
2: they're sleeping on they have him at either eighth or ninth. He'll and, by up the way, and, and if you're out there listening, you're an ACC fan, like what do y'all think? Fans in the Carolinas, what do you think about the fact that they order it May Riley Leonard, Duke, Club Nick, Armstrong, and then Griffiths. Like that's how they list those five quarterbacks in the Carolinas in the ACC. Does anybody take issue with that order? I could definitely see Klubnick being in that spot behind, you know, May and Jordan Travis. Uh, let's see. What 610 to text in if you have issues. If you are cool with it, any reaction you have, you mad at us? You mad at the list? I, by the way. Know what Flounder is thinking over there? And I agree 100%. Ugh. Get this Van Dyke hype the heck out of yes, here. Yes, 100%. I, I fell for that last year. I, you know there what I fell go. for? And I, I'm dumb as hell, but y'all know that. Yep. I Makes th- sense. I fell for Van Dyke being a top 10 NFL draft pick going into the season. I thought he was going to be like, a wow. His arm, he has amazing arm talent. I, I bought... I bought a hook, line, and sinker. Dude, I'm not even sure he's one of the 10th best ACC quarterback. He lost his damn job last year at Miami, Yeah, For I would sakes. probably
4: have him.
2: <sighs> would I put him ahead of Jack Plummer?
4: Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Jack Plummer's at Louisville, right? Yeah, that's the starter yeah, at Trader. Louisville. I, like, would, I wouldn't put him over Schroeder. No, I would not put Trader him over Schroeder. I, I thought Schroeder was fantastic first half of last year. One of
3: the uh, lists here, which one was it? It was uh, N- uh F Nation. Two four seven nine four one five. That's very long to say that, isn't it? <laughs> they have uh, Van Dyke. They have Van Dyke six and Griffiths nine. I, I would not have Van Dyke that high above Mitch Griffiths, especially by the end of the year. I think by the end of the year, we're going to go. Okay, going into next year, we're going to go Griffiths from Wake Forest. Pretty good quarterback, I, I think. think so. I mean, there's projecting I think so. I with think he's win some
4: respect over, but I would I would put Griffiths ahead of him now. Who, I would, I would him now. who? really? I really think the system that ahead he's Van in. Dike? Dude, yes, because Van Dyke, like you put said, up better numbers. The dude literally lost his job, I, I gotta be and honest. they couldn't even get it back. They were putting in dudes that were awful. By the way, uh,
3: Griffiths has Donovan Green and Taylor Moore in that wideouts. So it was yeah. A. T. Perry, but they yeah, they're going to be Justice has, back. Justice Ellison's still there at wide uh, running back, yeah. so he's got some guys back. They're going to
2: put up numbers. Clawson's offense, which is crazy, This is how freaking good of a coach he is. When he went there, that offense was embarrassing. Like, his first couple of years, you're like, oh, I, where, where's his offensive genius at? And once it clicked, once he got the right people in, once it clicked, it has clicked. So, I agree on Griffiths. Uh, T-Time uh, T- says, Tyler Van Dyke hype is crazy. He stunk last. That's what I'm saying. Like, if he lost his job this year, Bone, would it shock you again? Nothing shocks me about Miami having problems. They just and, we, and why did I fall for it? I should know better by now everything, everybody with Miami is getting overhyped. Every year, uh, this texter says move Klubnik up to one. But his name is Clemson Corey on the text line. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's disqualified. <laughs> that's, that's a good one. Listen, I think he's going to play well. We've debated it. Flounder's not so hot on him. Clemson fans got mad. I don't think like if a Clemson fan, it's like you going to move him up to one. You're going to say you'd rather have Klubnik than Drake make. So, Get so, the bleep out so of here. if you're
4: saying that, you basically believe that he is in the same ilk as
3: Lawrence, Lawrence and Boston. Watson. Get yeah. the hell out of here. Get someone, out of here he man. Said, uh, I argue
2: three, but I can't argue him any higher than three. Someone said, don't He's sleep.
3: an unknown. Someone said, don't sleep. someone said don't sleep on Tony Musket. Flounder Tony Musket
4: here. Who the heck's Musket? Tony Musket. Uh, is that the – oh. That's the Virginia – That's the starting. Virginia yeah, – Oh. That's Transfer a, from a – I think a, a D2 that.
2: school. <laughs> That's a hell of a name, man. Hey, we just learned something. There's a man man. named Tony Musket, quarterback in the ACC. He's got a big old musket, man. Watch him sling it. Watch him fire it. (laughs) (laughs) I like that one, man. We're going to talk about old Tony Musket. We don't know
4: much, but I will tell you this. uh, Virginia will guaranteed finish last in this conference. They are absolutely horrendous. And then Virginia
3: Tech has Grant Wells, the transfer. Okay, yeah, you ain't putting him on uh, And Haynes King is uh, quarterback in Georgia Tech now. That's the...
4: Former a and Yeah. quarterback. Yeah. Don't sleep on him, man. New start for him. He's got
2: talent. He yeah, can just never put I, it together. I think he
4: could sneak into the top ten. Do you ever hear
2: – is it just me? When I was growing up in school, we used to sing this song. You said musket. Soldier, soldier, won't you follow me with your musket, fife, and drum? Did uh, Do you did, that? Or did that you get me? a live performance of that from George Washington <laughs> in elementary? Am I the only one who knows that song in school? We used to sing that. No. Yes. Uh, only person. I uh, I have no idea. What, what where did, what what backwoods school were you at? I went to St. Joseph's Elementary. Soldier, soldier, won't you follow me with your musket, fife and drum?
0: Listen to Mac and Bone every weekday morning from 6 to 10. Instant replay continues with more in a moment. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. The exclusive home of the Charlotte Sports Fan. Mac and Bone are making mornings better one story at a time.
1: People that are
2: honk happy drive me crazy, and it's such a northern thing. You go up there, guys will have full conversations with the horn, like they'll, like they'll talk back and forth with their horns. They're so horny, I guess I'll say it. But anyway, like in New York or Philly, like all they do is speak with their horns, and they just lay on it. We don't need to be like that down here in Charlotte. Wake
0: Week up weekday mornings with Mac and Bone, only on Sports Radio ninety two point seven FM WFNZ,
5: the official home of the charlotte sports fan
0: recently on the kyle bailey
6: show also coastal carolina takes on rider 7 p.m also on espn plus a lot of also's right there smoke anything else to add in terms of baseball no but we would also uh we also (laughs) want
7: to make now i'm more (laughs) cognizant of what i've been doing we move on the
0: kyle bailey show weekday afternoons from 3 to 6 only on sports radio 92.7 FM WFNZ
5: the official home of the Charlotte sports fan.
8: McDonald's is not new to chicken so maybe stop questioning their chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy juicy fried chicken buttery bun unmatched pickle to chicken ratio yeah they know what they're doing in fact we can honestly say They're not new to chicken, they're true to chicken. The McCrispie. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
0: You're listening to Instant Replay on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Because great radio the second time around is always twice as nice. This afternoon, on The Wesson Walker Show.
1: Talk more about this. Who better than Bobby Marks, ESPN front office NBA insider, joining us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Bobby, we really appreciate the time. How are you? I'm good. How are you? We're doing well, Bobby. Really appreciate you. We just saw that you wrote about the Charlotte Hornets and a lot of NBA teams as it pertains to free agency, how teams are going to be able to operate under the cap. And my question to you is the other ranking article that you put out a lot every single year on ESPN. It's the future rankings. So just to give a little bit of a teaser, maybe it's a little too early to call your shot in a specific way but how much does this Brandon Miller selection at number two affect where you think the Hornets might rank in your uh, future rankings uh, coming up soon?
9: I don't think it moves the needle. Um, I I really, I think we got to see what Brandon looks like on the court. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I think if you ask me a year from now, you know, Brandon's coming off an all rookie year. Um, I think that certainly has a uh, bigger impact right now, but yeah, I mean, the future, the future, Power of things looks out in the next, um, for the next three years here, but it's hard to, you know, it's hard to gauge where a player is, you know, in, uh, in June than, you know, than from a year from now and everything like that. So I really like the pick. I thought Charlotte did a nice job, um, certainly did a nice job with it in the draft as far as the direction, um, they were able to go. Uh, I think, you know, certainly could have gone a lot of different directions here, but, oh, I thought he was the best player. I thought Nick Smith, um, had lottery, you know, it was a lottery grade. I think certainly his injury history maybe, you know, plagued him a little bit. James Naji is a, uh, you know, I got to talk with him at length. Um, you know, I think he's just raw. Um, he's played limited minutes overseas, but he's, as I said on TV, he's a physical specimen. And Amari Bailey is a nice, you know, nice, nice point guard who played well in the, in the pre-draft camp. So, I thought they got four nice players.
1: Ah, uh, Bobby it was reported just a week before the draft actually happened that Michael Jordan would sell majority stake in the franchise, but would still be lead governor through the off season concerning basketball operations. I'm curious with you because you were with the Nets when Mikhail mm-hmm. Prokhorov purchased the yep. Nets back in '09. Uh, Bobby, this seems so hard. Like, how hard do you think it was for the Hornets to navigate something as important as the draft and even upcoming free agency when uh, there are so many important opinions to consider when making a second overall pick and beyond?
9: I think the draft is a lot easier than free agency because you're trusting your talent evaluators, whether it be Mitch or Michael um, or Cliff. I think free agency is a a different animal because there's a cost associated with it. The draft is everything is slotted one to 30. There's no negotiating um, from a financial. You're basically looking at your scouting reports and you're, you know, you're judging it from a a talent perspective and how that player fits. Now we get into free agency in in a couple of days here. Now that's a different animal because at the end of the day, this is not Michael Jordan's money anymore. This is the new ownership group's money here. So when you're looking at certainly P.J. uh, Washington and and Miles Bridges, two restricted free agents, uh, certainly um, Lomelo's um, uh, rookie extension, um, two for 207, I think, five years, 207. It's a big number. Um, That's where the change in the kind of holding pattern before everything gets final that's where I think it more comes into play. And I think you certainly have to, I know the new group hasn't taken over yet, but I think you still have to have them on speed dial when you're in the midst of negotiating PJ, or maybe you, they want, you may want to make a commitment to, to miles. I mean, with us in Brooklyn, it was different because Prokhorov took over in May, right during the combine. And by the time we got to July one, when we had, uh, you know, 50, $60 million cap space, he was, you know, he'd already been voted in here where right now, I don't see that uh, I don't see that being the case until probably we we get through you know get through the summer.
10: Bobby Marks joins us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. You can follow him on Twitter at Bobby Marks forty two. And Bobby, with them bringing in Brandon Miller, I've always said that the Hornets need to figure out this roster this off season as far as figuring out who's gonna be the big two, big three, et cetera. But how should they shape this roster, especially from a salary cap standpoint, things of that nature, to get the most uh, out of Brandon Miller and to be able to shape this roster the right way.
9: Yeah, yeah I mean, you, you certainly, I think, you know, certainly with Lamelo and Mark, I think, though, you know, those two are, you know, and, and then you add Brandon um, to the mix. I think it's going to be, you know, who's who do you pick or can you bring both back with Bridges and, and P.J.? Um, you've got, you know, the expiring contract of Gordon Hayward, Um, you know Terry's still on their contract for um, you know for a few few more years here I think it's just getting an idea of kind of what your starting five is going to look like whether it be you know um, you know Miller and uh, and Bridges I mean that's pretty intriguing then you got Mark Williams there Um, you know what's the cost going to be associated with as I said with PJ here Um, but I do think you're starting to I said it you know, last week. I said this was probably the most important draft in franchise history, uh, and I still mean that, and I think well, I'm intrigued to see these guys in summer league here, but I thought they did a really good job, and now you, you start to see kind of a, a formation of uh, you know what this roster could be.
10: And then when you talk about uh, bringing in Miller and him having that rookie deal, and then you talk about Miles Bridges and what he could potentially get, is there any chance Miles doesn't come back?
9: Oh sure, I mean the likelihood is that he gets um, a qualifying offer, which is um, you know has to be by Thursday here, and it's hard for me to see a team going out and giving him an offer sheet just based on you know everything that's happened. You're basically inheriting a player that's going to be suspended for you know the you know first you know little bit of the season here to begin with. Um, Would he come back and sign the one year qualifying offer? What's a comfort level with? um, on a long-term deal here. Um, so sure. I think there's, you know, but I, you know, unless, you know, the Hornets pull the QO and uh, he go let you know, he come, becomes an unrestricted free agent. Um, you know, that becomes a little bit of a challenge, but I just, I, I, I just, I just don't see a team out there giving him four for 60 and an offer sheet there. And then Charlotte, Charlotte's on a clock, you know, having to, you know, match
1: it. Well, and Bobby, that was going to be my next question. You mentioned four for 60. I mean, for me, it's been hard to try to gauge the type of money he's going to get because it, Mitch Kupchak was basically telling us he's going to be back and it was going to be at about $30 million a year clip. But now, after missing a year because of his felony domestic violence arrest, yeah. he's going to miss the first 10 games of next season. I mean, even for someone as good as the, at this as you are, how do you assess his value right now with something that, I mean, he's kind of unprecedented, given him missing the year for this thing.
9: Yeah, I mean, it's it's tough because, you know, I mean, they have a, you know, Mitch and the ownership group, and they have a better understanding than probably the outside world, and they've, they've read the police report, and they've seen everything that's come through, um, you know, as far as, you know, whether it be from a background or from a legal standpoint here. And that's, what's your comfort level, right? I mean, things have changed you know, on, on talent alone, yeah, Miles is a you know, $25, $30 million player. But last offseason, things changed dramatically as a result of, um, you know, everything here. And um, is he looking for something short-term and then maybe reestablish himself a year from now? I mean, certainly possible. But for me, I mean, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going more than, you know, 13 14 maybe $15 million for him. That's, that's you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm not doing that.
1: That's the voice of Bobby Marks joining us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline, ESPN, NBA front office insider. Bobby, I want to go back to the ownership angle real quickly. Mm-hmm. So as a GM, what do you want? What should fans want from a new ownership group taking control?
9: I just think, you know, you don't have to come in and, you know, being a Mets fan, you don't need to have a, 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 an owner come in and just throw money around. Like I've, you know, and, and baseball is different because there's no salary cap, but like, you know, I'm I'm watching this Mets team, like just implode, <laughs> <You know? laughs> like, so, like money doesn't mean anything, right? Like I think mean, money means a lot when you're talking about the resources, when you have a coaching staff or your front office, or you have the, the the resources from a scouting department or the software that you use or the medical technology, all the things that you don't have a cap on, um, with, with that and providing the best comfort level for your players and to make Charlotte a destination. There's no reason why Charlotte can be a destination. You're, yes, you're restricted as far as how you build out um, your roster because of the salary cap and how much you can pay players. Um, you're not restricted on how, how many scouts you can hire um, and go out and you know, find under-the-radar guys, or whether it be in college or in the draft, stuff like that. So if I'm a fan, I'm thinking, like, wait, wait a minute, it's not going to be, how you know. hey, great, owners want us to pay um, Lamell 5 for 207. That's great. But I want to know, like, how is the organization getting better with within itself? And and, and I think you'll, there'll be resources for them, whether they add more scouts or they add more coaches or they, you know, they change their the you know medical te- technology here for that here. So I think it's more of kind of the behind the scenes when you look at it from from the basketball world.
10: Bobby, when you look at this roster, too, which free agent moves and trade scenarios make the most sense for the Hornets? And, and what should they try to get back or what type of guys should they try to go for if they do try to enhance the roster a little bit?
9: Yeah, I mean, you've got, um, you know, you're you're going to likely be an over-the-cap team just because of where you are. You know, your guaranteed money is pretty low, Um so you're going to have your non-tax, which is at 12-4. I think you can certainly add some shooting to that roster. Um, from a trades perspective, I think, you know, Gordon's number is, is somewhat interesting if you maybe you're willing to take back money um, for players that um, that help you. I think the first couple of days of free agency kind of sets the table as far as kind of who's available and who's not. I think Gordon's number has, available, uh, has a lot of value, too, because there's a lot of teams out there. Um, you know, that are looking to, you know, move off money. Hey, if you, if you wanted to get, um, you know, um, John Collins and inherit that money, you probably wouldn't have been able to do that. And I think those are the type of deals that you were probably looking at, that teams that some of these higher spending teams that have length on years, um, you know, swapping it out for an expiring contract.
1: It's a very busy man joining us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline in between the NBA draft and upcoming NBA free agency. Bobby Marks, ESPN, NBA front office insider joining us here on Weston Walker. Bobby, we really appreciate the time, man. Thank you so much. Thanks, Bobby. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you.
9: This is
0: Instant Replay on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Earlier today on the Mac and Bone Show.
2: So here she is. Wow. Uh, her and Brandon went viral together. Ashley Strowline, WCNC. That interview, by the way, done in New York at the draft. Stroh was covering the draft. Didn't Hold on, it also let me jumped? roll out the red carpet. Yeah, really roll quick. the red carpet out. What's up, Strow? What's going on?
5: Good morning. Good morning. How are you guys? Stro, uh, I'm just you...
2: I'm starstruck. I've got Stro on the
3: phone lines. I've got just uh, a star of stars to my left from YouTube's Blueprint Show oh for the band. theres Like we I'm blew, just, we blew up this boy, week, Stroh, I need to
2: do something meaningful this week. Let me tell you. that. <laughs> Stro, how did you keep a stripe? I guess the answer is you're a professional and I'm not. But like, how do you- I don't think I could have kept a straight face when Brandon Miller from the Hornets. We're just trying to get into a dang playoff series here. Like, did you like at least laugh in your head when he said that, or were you just you, total pro?
5: Well, if you listen to the full interview, like that clip. Specifically, obviously, has went viral uh, yeah. over the weekend, and, and as you mentioned, got some airtime yesterday, which was super cool. Shout out to folks uh, that that chose to run it and and just keep it keep this conversation <laughs> going. But if you listen to the full inter- interview, he actually says it to me twice. I, another question I said was like, "Hey, like you know, what's your message to the fans back in Charlotte?" And he's like. Yeah, we're going to we're going to be in the finals next year. And I'm like, oh my god! At that point, after you said it the second time, I'm like, okay, hey, all right, well, well I hope about. you could back that up. And so, you know, look, I'll say this: you know, everyone's kind of like giving them a little bit of a hard time for saying it and whatever. But when I really sit down and think about it, I don't know that a Hornets player that I've talked to or interviewed has ever even talked about the finals or wanting to play in the finals or, Hey, maybe we can put together a team that's going to get to the finals. So while everyone is like, okay, kid, like, welcome to the league. I'm kind of like, you know what? I am glad there is a player on the roster that talks about the NBA finals existing that maybe is coming in with some confidence, might get a little bit humbled this year. But the fact that someone on the roster says, Hey guys, like I, I want to go play in the finals. I want to win a championship for the Charlotte Hornets. I'm just going to take that for what it is and and be happy about it because truly, you know, I've I've had some vets that have came in for a season or two to play for the the Charlotte Hornets and have said, there is no winning culture here. No one talks about winning. No one talks about even making a playoff series, let alone a championship. So, yeah, okay. It was a little bit of a wild statement to make on draft night uh, before getting here. You're the number two pick for a reason. That's because we didn't do so hot last year. But you know what? bring that confidence to Carolina, yeah. help turn this franchise around. And, okay, maybe we won't be in the finals next year, but maybe we can get to a playoff series. Maybe we can get there sooner than later. I'm not how even, I feel
3: about that. I'm not even sure some current Hornets knew the finals was an option. Freaking-
2: <laughs> 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 Are we eligible for that, or is that a tournament we, we can't get into? Um, uh, I, I will say this, Tro, and you, we're, you know, we're in radio, you're in TV, but it's material, right? It's different. This kid says things. So even though we give him a hard time, I have to be honest, like it's He's going to be a media favorite. If oh, he he'll keeps be on, dropping in stuff. His like audio will be on the pregame show every game.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: so I do appreciate that. He's, he's, he's out there, man. He's different. So I do appreciate that. What was the experience like, Stroh, uh, at the draft, covering, covering the draft? Um, uh, what, what was the experience like? And did you get to see Grady Dick's uh, Dorothy inspired suit uh, in person?
5: Yeah, yes I did. And let me tell you it sparkles even more in person than it does on T V. But you know, I love I love anything that sparkles, so you know what? He owned it. He said this is the look and, and that's what he went with. So yes, I did see about every outfit up close and, and in person as they do their media cycle they they all walk by us in our media workroom and go through, and they go down the line and, and do everything. So, yes, very, very It's um, true. if a date yeah.
2: showed up at your house, knock at the door. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Here's Theodore, your date for the night. Theodore? I don't know why. I didn't that. <laughs> what is she's dating, 70? She's dating a nerd from the alphabet <laughs> of the chipmunks. I don't box? know why. What should his name be? Biff? Uh, no, uh, Buck. Buck, all Buck, right. Buck Rogers, big old Buck. <laughs> <Rogers. laughs> I don't old- know it sounds like a manly name. Yeah, I feel like you stole that, but that's all right. Buck shows up at your door, knock on the door, and he's wearing that red, sparkly sequin jacket. Would you be like, "Oh, let's go out," or would you be like, "You want change?"
5: Well, I for one, <laughs> if it's the first date, I don't want him to. Sh- I hope he's not showing up at my door. Two. Um- <laughs> You know, you can put me Fair. up downstairs. You know, I don't need to know what apartment I'm in. Um, honestly, I mean, I'm, at that point, it's too late to go home and change, I think. So we're just going to rock it, and then we'll see. Uh, I'm going to have to ask a few questions. That's a Look, Charlotte's kind of lacking in fashion. So I have never seen a man in Charlotte rocking anything close to that. So I would have a lot of questions about here in Charlotte, North Carolina, where that, where that one came from. Did you find it in a store? Did you special order? <laughs> or two, you know... Uh, what made you be so bold in the Queen City? So, I, you know what? I'm not going to criticize. I'm, I'm here for anybody who wants to uh, step outside the box a little bit. There might not be a second date. I don't know. We'll talk about it. The
2: Stro, only- oh, I'm sorry, Mac. Go ahead. Oh, the only place in Charlotte, Bone, a jacket like that's been is Cam's closet when he lived here. <laughs> <laughs> that's basically it. <laughs> All right, anyway, go ahead. Stro,
3: Bobby. you were around these draft <laughs> fashions last week. If you had to pick somebody on the show, Mac, uh, myself, Flounder, that you think could pull off, a draft-type ensemble, suit. which one of us do you think would best look uh, good in NBA fashion?
5: You know, now you've just given me an idea for a new segment. Like, now I think we should all go shopping together and find, like, ludicrous outfits to put you guys in. That's mm-hmm.
3: what I think. Mm. And then we try them That's on good and, video content. And then we try them on and take them off because we can't afford that buy
2: <laughs> It's true. <laughs> That's the problem. Remember when I went and tried the cam romper and it's like, you want to buy oh. this now? And it's like, oh no, I was just here to try it oh. on and shoot a video. We know it was your Twitter avatar for three and a half years. <laughs> uh, I thought I rocked I that. I think thing. I could pull off
3: the, the Grady Dick uh, Wizard of Oz look. I thought I rocked that damn thing. I think you should
2: give it a shot. Let's I'm going to try it, you know? Well, okay, yeah. Shrew, what did you think of the Hornets draft? It's, I, it sounded like you were jumping on that Scoot bandwagon. What did you think of Brandon Miller, Nick Smith, and, and, and this draft as a whole?
5: I mean, it was hard not to be excited about the possibility of Scoot, right? I think that was the issue. He'd gotten all this hype. We know he's an electric player and, and the potential that he has. And so I think everyone kind of was like, okay, it's going to be Scoot. And that's why you heard all like the booze and the disappointment and stuff at, at Spectrum Center. But I also think you have to look at the Hornets roster and what they need. And, and obviously they're optimistic that Melo's going to be healthy. You have an electric player in him, someone that is such a unique talent. So I think that's why they went the way they did with Brandon. And, and you need someone that kind of has his skill set, right? We don't have that. And, and I think we're all kind of thinking that the team eventually is going to bring miles bridges back. And if they do, they should have a decent roster. We saw Mark Williams kind of coming to his own um, at the end of last season. And, and so I'm not mad at the Hornets for drafting Brandon Miller. And I don't think anybody else should be, because here's the thing with the draft, you could be the best player, but you don't know how they're going to develop. It all depends on we've we've talked about this, right? What team you go to, how they develop you, uh, how you translate from college to the league. So I understand people being frustrated and and all that excitement of like, "Oh, we could get scooped, but also be realistic about Brandon and, and how he fits in and, and look, you know, the kid's been trending since draft night, so if nothing else, I'm happy we have a personality uh, here in the Queen City again.
0: There's another heaping helping of instant replay coming up next on Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNC.
5: The exclusive home of
1: the Charlotte sports fan.
8: McDonald's is not new to chicken.
0: Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Because great radio the second time around is always twice as nice. Earlier this afternoon on The Kyle Bailey Show...
6: Let's bring in a man who also delivers for Charlotte on the nightly news and in so many other ways. He also delivers to this show every Tuesday at 420, unless I'm late, which I am today. Nick Carboni, NBC Charlotte sports director, sports anchor is back with us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Nick Carboni, did you also bring your chainsaw to work today?
7: I didn't, but it wouldn't be a 420 segment, KB, without you being a little late, so...
9: <laughs>
6: no problem. <laughs> all right well done well done I deserve that I, I need to just switch it to 425 per, permanently because I'm always late getting to Nick Carbone. Right.
7: 420 means 425
6: I'm sorry bro I'm sorry You're all right good. so it's good to have you back um you you were all over the the Hornets draft coverage a couple of nights ago as we were uh just give me the basic reaction bud uh, Brandon Miller is a Hornet what do you think
7: yeah, I mean, I think I understand the disappointment of Hornets fans and mascots alike last week uh, because of the intangible that Scoot Henderson, I think, will bring to the NBA immediately. Uh, and, and it's, you know, the leadership quality, the the guy that's going to go out there and, you know, will his team to win. Now, we haven't seen either of the guys, these guys play in the NBA yet, so we don't know for sure, but he just seems to have that in him. And we know that's what the Hornets need. Uh, do they also need a, a six foot nine wing player who can play multiple positions on both sides of the ball and shoot? Yeah, so I get why they drafted Brandon Miller, but it did just seem a little underwhelming. Uh, but maybe when he gets out there, you know, he'll grow on fans he'll grow on us. Uh, I certainly love his skill set. I watch a lot of college basketball, like I know you guys do. And uh, when that guy is on, he he can get a bucket from anywhere. So um, you know, yeah. we'll we'll see. But but that's kind of the the overarching feeling from last week.
6: Absolutely. Now, I, I look, I, he's a good player. He's a really good player. He also told your colleague, Ashley Strowline that they're going to win the NBA Finals next year, which is uh, pretty incredible, all things considered. What would you think of that?
7: Yeah, you know, that was an interesting comment. I think he's made a few interesting comments in the last week or so. Uh, they might rub some people the wrong way. Um, but listen, I think Stroh, Stroh and I were talking yesterday, and she was like, I know it was a little outlandish, but at least somebody here is talking about playoffs. And knows they exist, right? So, uh, you know, ho- hopefully that's a goal that, that he wants to, to stick to. And, you know, this franchise, this city, I, I can't even imagine, you know, what it would be like to get back to the playoffs this year. I mean, that that, sh- that should be the goal. Uh, that that would really lift this city and this fan base, and, and they're ready for it. Uh, I don't know if the roster is ready for it, but, you know, good for him if he thinks that. And, and now hopefully he and LaMelo and everybody else can put in the work to make it
6: happen soon. Somebody just sent me a text that said, for the love of God, will this station stop bleeping, talking about Scoot Henderson, Christ almighty. So we're going to talk about Scoot <laughs> Henderson. Let's talk about Scoot oh, Henderson gonna, for a second.
7: That's going to be going on for a while.
6: Yeah, like, well, that's the thing though. Like somebody just stop talking about Scoot. Well, I'm ready to, obviously some people aren't like, what, what are the odds you think they made a mistake here? Let's be real. Is there any, well, obviously there is a chance, but are you worried at all? They picked the wrong guy.
7: I'm not that worried. Uh, listen, I mean, I think Scoot Henderson has the potential to be an All NBA player uh, within the next, you know, four or five years. But I think Brandon Miller's got some of that too, uh, and and I don't think you know, I don't think he's got too much bust potential. Knock on wood. I think with his size, his skill set, uh, having Lamelo Ball next to him, being on the other side of Mark Williams too, let's not forget. I think Brandon Miller's got a pretty good setup here in Charlotte if everybody stays healthy and, and can be a perennial All Star and. And maybe an all NBA player himself. So I, I don't think the, you know, the floor is is that low for Brandon Miller. It's just kind of how high the ceiling is, and and I think that's what people are stuck on a little bit. And and you know, we might talk about it a whole lot less if he comes out and and proves to be that player sooner than Scoot Henderson or or above Scoot Henderson. Uh, but they're going to be forever linked, no doubt about it. As as you know, so often happens in a draft when guys go back to back.
6: Yep. No doubt. Um, so we've, uh, let's talk about miles bridges who I think the, the backdrop of miles bridges and his situation has made the perception of what happened with Brandon Miller far worse than I think it would have been otherwise. And I'm not trying to downplay it, but I think, you know what I mean by that? Um, you know, there are no other red flags about Brandon Miller. Whereas, you know, Miles Bridges had been up to no good for a minute before he made the ultimate mistake on the eve of free agency last year. He pled no contest, right? There's a world of difference between the two. Um, It was reported about two weeks ago, I think, from Jake Fisher at Yahoo!, Um, And one other outlet that they were just guessing. I think John Hollinger was the other saying, hey, 2025, $29 million a year is what he still could be looking at. Uh, Bobby Marks came on this station a couple of hours ago and he said, I think four years, 60 million, uh, which would put it somewhere in the 15 range, which I I think they'd love to make that deal happen over there. Nick, what say you?
7: Yeah. And if I'm the Hornets, (laughs) that's where I'm starting. You know, I mean, I'm not starting close to 30 uh, considering, you know, what, you know, obviously he's accused of doing and there there's photo evidence of it and he pleads no contest to it. And, you know, on, on a secondary level, what he put the franchise through last year. So I'm not coming anywhere near that, that $30 million a year mark that he probably would have gotten at this point last summer uh, before this all happened. And, you know, if I'm the Hornets, I'm saying, well, we, we've got a guy that makes you a little more redundant, could certainly use a player like you back. Um, but, you know, we don't have to be the team that goes out and does this. And other teams are going to hesitate to put together a, a, an offer sheet, um, you know, that's that's terribly high right off the bat either. So, you know, if I'm the Hornets, I'm holding his, his feet to the fire a little bit on all that. And, and I'm starting pretty low, especially given what they just got in the draft. And it sounds like they're going to bring P.J. back as well.
6: Yep, I'm with you on that. Nick Carboni, NBC Charlotte Sports Director, Sports Anchor. He's with us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. One more thing about the Hornets, and I want to move on. Um, who are the odd men out on this roster? Kelly Oubre, P.J. Washington. Like, who's not making the cut? Whose finances don't make sense for this team? Who's not back in teal and purple next year?
7: Yeah, I mean, I think Oubre is, is probably a strong candidate for that. You know, I, I, I do admire the way he kind of changed his game around for long stretches last year. Uh, to be able to kind of to, to get through some of those tough times. So, you know, I, I think he's a he's he's a candidate to be gone, you know, kind of a luxury item on the third line there. Um, and, and I think P.J. will be back. Uh, James Booknight, I mean, you look at Nick Smith Jr. coming in, hopefully Dennis Smith Jr. coming back. I mean, they've got a strong core of, you know, explosive point guards, uh, you know, and, and McGowan's had a really strong showing at the end of last season. I think he's obviously surpassed Booknight. Uh, I think he could be gone. So those are the two that stand out. Um, yeah, yeah but that that would be right off the bat. You know, I'm not sure you know, as much as fans would fantasize about getting rid of a Gordon Hayward contract right now, a Terry Rozier contract right now. Uh, I'm just not sure that's going to happen this summer. Uh, maybe it happens, you know, somewhat aggressively towards the deadline or at some point this year. Uh, but those are the two guys that stand out to me as as guys that I don't think we'll see back here uh, when
6: the season starts. I'm with you. All right. Sal Palantonio, um, reporting that the Panthers are lurking and monitoring Deandre <laughs> Hopkins. I, I love the lurking part, but what do you think? I, I know. I've, I think I brought this to your plate before. Hey, what should they do? What, but I'd written this off, Nick, because he said on the I'm athlete podcast a couple of months ago, he didn't really want to play with a rookie quarterback, but Sal Pal saying that the, the Panthers are in the mix. They're lurking. What do you think? Should they make it happen?
7: Listen, it makes all the sense in the world for the Carolina Panthers finances aside to bring a guy that caliber and add him to those wide receiver room, which you know, as you guys have talked about on the station, uh, you know, is getting ripped apart by the national media for for its lack of of top tier talent. I mean, he'd improve that right away. But to me, I think that's the only way it makes sense. uh, Is just from zooming in on that wide receiver room. You kind of zoom out from that and look at the Panthers' other needs right now. Uh, when you're talking about a veteran pickup this late in the game, it's, it's to me, it's cornerback and then it's edge rusher. And from DeAndre Hopkins' standpoint, I never thought it made sense, especially given those comments uh, that he mentioned. I mean, sure, he's two or three hours from where he played college ball, uh, and he's one state away from home, but I'm not sure how much that, that really pulls at him uh, rather than playing with a very good veteran quarterback and chasing a championship. I just don't see it happening here for – for all those reasons at this point. It'd be a fun story. It's fun to talk about. It's fun to hear uh, you know, that the Panthers are lurking. Uh, it's, 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 I mean, they're lurking in a, every deal, if you pay attention to what Scott Bitter said the last few years, but uh, I just don't see it happening.
6: Have you caught any of this uh, Blueprint series? the first couple of episodes around? Have you seen any, any of this? I have, yeah. A really
7: good insight in the last one to some of the free agent decisions. I thought that was pretty cool. And the the lead up to the draft and kind of what they were looking at. So, love the stuff with Samir Suleiman and Dave Morgan.
6: No, I thought it's been a really interesting look. I was really focused on the coaching staff earlier and specifically, you know, Frank Reich. It would be easy, Nick, and I'll let you take the floor on this. It'd be easy for Frank at this stage in his career to only hire a bunch of guys that he knew and that he was comfortable with, but that's not what he did. This is a really interesting mix of old veteran guys, young up and coming guys. What do you think of the, the staff, especially now that we're seeing them on this episode or on this docu-series?
7: Yeah, they're serious about getting this thing back on track. That's what I take away. Uh, I think that feeling has only been enhanced by watching the two episodes of the blueprint. Uh, but, you know, certainly going back to when Frank Reich started to assemble his staff and, when David Tepper obviously started to invest in Frank Reich uh, assembling this staff, you've got all sorts of different backgrounds, all sorts of different experience, all sorts of different personalities. And it seems to be meshing well through, you know, whatever it is, six weeks on the field or so through the spring workouts, OTAs, and mini camp. We'll see how it goes in training camp. But, you know, I, I like kind of that mix that they've got going and, and, even further with the blueprint and and what it's shown me is they really want to be connected to the Panthers past and, you know, bring that old feeling back. And, you know, you you can't do that for real until you start winning games, but they've done a good job of it so far uh, with, with, uh, you know, this spring and and this blueprint thing.
6: How frustrating is it to be a fan of a baseball team that's in last place, but also over 500?
7: (laughs) Honestly, it's not that frustrating. Uh, I I guess ask me in a few months, their pitching staff is not that good. And you know what? I didn't, I didn't have any expectations for this team. I, I would be frustrated if that, if it made them a super buyer at the deadline, because I don't think they should be, Uh, but I'm having fun watching them. Uh, You know, we're bringing up some of the kids at this point still. So that's been nice. But, uh, you know, I guess, guess seeing where the rays are frustrates me a bit because I have a, a weird weird kind of dislike for that franchise, and I can't put my finger on it, but uh hasn't slowed down this year, that's for sure. No, there, it, there no it,
6: was, it wasn't a shot. You know, I have no ill will toward the Red Sox, but, I mean, for me, it'd be maddening to watch a last-place team that was also above 500. kind of feels like the Hornets a couple of years ago at 43 wins and ending up in a play-in game.
7: I just, I just have never trusted their starting pitching to do anything past this month. We'll see. It's been nice that they've been afloat this entire time. They've got some fun pieces on offense. For me, it's about the next couple of years with this with this franchise.
6: All right, Teddy Marlowe's flipping me off, and I don't know why. I got to get to the bottom of this. Thank you, buddy. I appreciate the time. All right, see you guys. Later, man. Uh, Nick Carboni, NBC Charlotte sports director, sports anchor, one of the best people in the business, with us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Just a great human
0: being. You tuned into an Instant Replay when the audio was so good, it has to be heard again. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ, the exclusive home
1: of the Charlotte Sports Fan.